Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Whitney, and today we are talking about something that is near and dear to my heart, and no, it is not 90s hip-hop, it is bomb shame, and the tendency for us as modern-day moms, especially modern-day working moms, to feel like we're different than everybody else, to feel like there's something wrong with us to feel like we're the only ones to feel ashamed of our inability to do all the things to feel like there must be something that we have not figured out yet because we keep on trying to do every single thing for every single person in every single area of our lives. And it's still not working. And I'm here to tell you that mom shame is so real And also that it is such a lie, it's such a wrong narrative, a faulty narrative that most of us carry around in our minds day in and day out. Many of you know that my oldest daughter was recently diagnosed with autism. My husband has ADHD. I have anxiety and my youngest daughter has some OCD. And my youngest daughter has really been struggling recently. She's always been the kiddo that has been probably the easiest going of our entire family. And yet sometimes I feel like she's gotten like the short end of the stick, right? She has this sister who needs a lot from us. She has parents who have grappled with their own mental health issues and are getting the help that they need and are now good parents, but still like she's having to deal with all of that as a kid. And so I've always felt bad for her, you know, like not necessarily bad that I'm doing something wrong with her, but just like this place of acceptance of like, dang, that sucks, you know, <laughs> like That's a lot for a little kid to deal with. And so we've always been super intentional about giving her her own special time, about making sure she knows that she's loved, about giving her plenty of one-on-one attention, about really helping her to thrive, and that even if sometimes in our household we can't do things based off her older sister's needs that are quote-unquote like typical, that we still are allowing her to have as many typical kid experiences as possible as she grows up. So for example, we went to the roller skate park, the roller skate rink the other day, and 
My oldest daughter, McKenna, was not having it at all. But my little one, Maria, she really, really wanted to go. And so those are times where we will kind of make it a little bit more uncomfortable for my oldest daughter or accept that it's going to be more uncomfortable for her for the sake of helping Maria feel like she doesn't always have to not do what she wants to do just because of the needs of other people in our household. Okay, so that's the setup in my family, right? And Maria, like I said, has always been the one who's a bit more easygoing. And lately she's been having a harder time. She has been having these little rituals she needs to do. And they're not big, but I notice them where she needs us to kiss her and hug her three or four or five times in a certain way before she heads off to school where she can't help herself but be sneaking the iPad. Even at a time where we literally just told her what the consequence was, she knows that it's going to be there. She keeps on saying certain words over and over again or doing certain checking with her hands, right? Typical OCD behaviors. And I'm okay with that because I am a medical professional and I understand that every single person is wired differently. And man, we're just an alphabet soup in my house and that's okay. But sometimes it hits me a little bit harder than others. So the other day we were walking home from school. And as we walk home from school, we always pass by the principal. And the principal of our school is a lovely man in Portland, Oregon. And when you get to know him, you realize like just how caring and just how compassionate that he is toward all the kids. And also... At the end of the school day, what he does is kind of stands at the edge of the steps and watches as all the kids go by. So as we're going by, my one child with autism is having a total meltdown because she needs some food and she had a weird social interaction with one of her friends at school and she didn't get the auction piece that she hoped that we would be the highest bidder on. And so she's very upset about that. So she's in tears and she's sobbing as we walk along. My other daughter is slowly picking like every single petal off of a flower that she's not supposed to pick at the school because it's school property. And I'm sitting there telling her, please don't pick the flowers. I'm going to need to either pick you up and bring you along with me, or you're going to have to stop doing it yourself. She can't do it herself because she's having a compulsion at the moment. And so I'm having to pick her up and she's literally like screaming as I walk away from the school building. So I'm a relatively confident person. But in that moment, as one kid is totally falling apart and the other kid is totally falling apart, and I'm feeling like I'm falling apart emotionally as I watch these kids be totally out of control, not for lack of good parenting, but just because that's who they are and this is the day that they've had, I kept on thinking about what is the word that defines the feeling that I'm having. And at first I thought, oh, it's like exhaustion or it's that I'm overwhelmed or that I'm burnt out from having to deal with all these things. And then I realized like it's a little deeper than that. It's embarrassment and it's shame. It's shame that like, I don't have it all together. It's shame that my life's not perfect and it's not ever going to be. We are not going to be in a Norman Rockwell painting anytime soon in my family. And there's shame around that. Like I feel ashamed. 
even though in my executive functioning mind, in my logical mind, I know that none of it is my fault. And that even if it is, it's because there's wiring that came down through generations and it has nothing really to do with me. It's just the way things are in my household. Mama, it is here and available for download. It's the new Modern Mamas Club app. We are so ready to join you on your personal journey from conflicted to centered. We want to take you on an evidence-based path from feeling conflicted all the time, from feeling pulled in all kinds of directions, from feeling burnt out to feeling really purposeful and aligned. As you move through your working motherhood experience, no matter what is happening around you. So go check it out in the App Store. So it made me start thinking about shame in general and about what other moms are experiencing out in the world, even if they don't have kids who are neurodiverse or who have an alphabet soup of a diagnosis, but who just are trying to make all the ends meet. They're trying to kind of keep everything together to hold it all together. And they're constantly feeling like they're not able to. And that One way to define that is burnout and exhaustion, and that's very true. But I think that the other word to define it is shame, is like, there's something wrong with me. I must be the reason why things aren't going the right way. And that further perpetuates all of the pandemic issues that we're facing. It further perpetuates all of the issues that are coming to light in terms of systemic bias. There is a new study that was just talked about in Forbes, which was a collaboration of Berlin Cameron, Evrodsky's Fair Play, who we love here, and Kantar. And they surveyed over a thousand employees in the US and the UK three, four weeks ago, and at the time of this recording, and they found that 68% of US women works burning experiencing burnout in the previous seven days. And only 50% of men reported the same. And women felt as a result of the pandemic, more exhausted, less motivated than their male counterparts. And then twice as many women as men reported feeling isolated since the pandemic. And I want to highlight that like I think part of that isolation is that feeling of I am alone in this, of I'm the only one, of I have a sense of ineffectiveness and a lack of accomplishment, and that that comes from me, that it all stems from me. And the reason, part of the reason that women feel that way is because societally we have told women if you just lean in hard enough, if you're just the super mom that you should be enough, then you will be able to do it. And so if you aren't able to rise to the occasion, you feel like, man, I must be such a loser. And when you feel like such a loser, then you feel immense shame, right? Immense, immense shame. Now, this is not all encompassing, 
right? There are men who have been burnt out. There are men that feel shame. Men feel shame in a very different way than women on the whole, right? All humans experience shame, but there's all kinds of societal issues in terms of why men might feel shame as well in terms of that they're supposed to be like the strong emotion, like strong one, that they're not supposed to show their emotions when they have emotions, that they feel confused about that, right? Women are like expected to have emotions in our society, but they're also expected to like whatever's happening, whatever emotion that they have to just like keep on rising above and keep on keeping it together no matter what. And so I want to tell you, if you are experiencing shame, like I do, sometimes like every week, right? Sometimes multiple days in a row that number one, it's not your fault that you are experiencing that shame. It is the fault of the society that we live in that tells us we should be a certain way, an unattainable picture of what motherhood should be that we can never, ever reach. So of course, we're going to feel ashamed that we can't reach that. Number two, it's because we have not been taught as we were younger to practice self-compassion, right? We've been taught to like pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and keep on going. Now, what can you do about it? And a shame, like we have to just decide, okay, that's how I am. I feel shameful. And like, oh no, I, now I feel shameful that I even have shame. Like, oh my gosh, I feel embarrassed about that. No, right? I think one of the most powerful lessons that I have learned from experts in the mom wellness and mental health field have been about this idea that you can't get through, you can't get over an emotion without going through it. That when we feel shame, that that doesn't have to be the thing that defines us, that that can be data that comes in, just like mom guilt is data that comes in. Okay, I feel guilty right now. Okay, I feel ashamed right now. And then we can learn the tools to not let that overwhelm us, to reality check ourselves, to say, I mean, and this is proven, right? Mindful self-compassion is a proven way to combat this. We can choose to, instead of reacting to it and diving down into that shame hole and saying, yep, I guess that's where I live, right? We can say, okay, yes, I feel shame in this moment. The reason I feel shame is because of these circumstances around me. That makes a lot of sense. We can say, I am not alone in this shame. If I really knew what was happening behind every single Instagram post that my friends put up, if I really knew what was happening in the minds of every single other mom that I come across in real life who might not be able to be vulnerable about the things that are stressful for them or that are really causing them a lot of pain, I would know that to be human is to have shame. To be human is to not be perfect. To be human is to not be able to have it all together all the time. There's absolutely no way to do it. And the the closer we are able to get to that place of self-compassion more quickly, the sooner we will be able to take that information, that data that comes from a shame input. Okay, I have shame. I have shame. I have shame. That's okay. And get to the other side of it and not let it define us. And the faster we will be able to recognize that negative and false narrative, that story that we tell ourselves about how 
The way our kids behave is our fault. The way things are going in our marriage is completely our fault. The way that we're showing up for work is completely our fault. And we'll be able to see the bigger picture and to approach our very real issues that we have in our lives, right? For me, having an autistic kid and a kid with OCD and a husband with ADHD and a full-time job and other things going on, like those are very real things that I have to address. But I can address it then from a place of grace and self-awareness and self-kindness as opposed to from a place of shame over and over and over again. Mama, you have so much that you were meant to do on this earth. You have such a unique gift that is there to be offered to your place of work, to your kids, to your partner, to communities around the world. And I cannot let you sit in a shame pit and waste your time staying there and dwelling there because it's hindering you from being the amazing mom, the amazing partner, the amazing employee that I know you can be. Until next time. mama. If you want more of the modern mommy doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe. So you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag modern mommy doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.